Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive me. And today we're going to be covering the Lord Maitreya. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. We're going to be talking about Jerusalem, Israel, the Middle East crisis, uh, World War III, and Iran. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. We're going to be starting a series today regarding the, the 501c3 corporate church, particularly of America. And what I say unto you, I say unto all. Watch. And today, we're going to be discussing the UFO phenomenon is growing and not going away. Is it the next great challenge for the church? And ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 2nd, 2012. And today we're just going to be covering a lot of different breaking current events. And we're also going to get into kind of a mini-study on the whole 2012 end of the Mayan calendar thing. I've covered that in part in other studies, but since we're coming up on that, And uh, within the month of December, there's other things going on as well. I wanted to touch on that again. So, first current event we're looking at today is blasphemy calling Obama our Lord and Savior. Controversy over Obama depicted as the Christ. A controversial painting went on display this week at Boston at Bunker Hill Community College. Michael D'Antonio. Turio's work, which is called Truth, it should be a lie, pictures President Obama in a crucifixion-like pose with a crown of thorns on his head. There's a, I posted the picture um, right below the text here, if, if you want to see this blasphemous piece of garbage. Um, and it's got Obama in this real contrite look. He's kind of looking down to the Right, and he's got a crown of thorns on his head, and he's got his arms outstretched, kind of not at a 90 degree angle, but a little bit more where they're pointed upward, more almost like a peace symbol, which would kind of make sense because the peace symbol is very wicked, uh, wicked symbol. It's also called the witch's foot, it's symbolic of when a black, uh, when they do a black mass, black Sabbath, and they'll take a clay cross in the black Sabbath. In, Turn it upside down and break the arms down. That's where we get the peace symbol from. It's a, it's a, uh, it, it's like a kind of a satanic mockery of Jesus Christ. So, anyway, um, so yeah, we've got this blasphemous painting going on now, and you know, I, I definitely could see why they would say he's the Lord and Savior. He's done such a great job the first four years. You know, I mean, why, why wouldn't we think that? You know, but this was. Um, uh, segues into the next remark here where it says the Soul Train Awards were on Sunday in which Jamie Foxx, I guess the comedian guy, referred to the president as the Lord and Savior, quote, the Lord and Savior. And there's a link to the thing if you want to actually hear the actual quote. I don't really want to play it, but, um, you know, just 
beyond blasphemy, no fear of God. Typical what we expect in this day and age uh, that we're living in. Next current event, Federal Land Seizure Act, resuscitating itself from the dead. This was a uh, an excerpt from an email I received from um, Gun Owners of America. It says, as you will remember, Senator John Tester, who is F-rated, because they rate all the senators, by Gun Owners of America, is pushing this, quote, hunting bill, which authorizes, guess what, the Obama administration, almost unlimited power, to seize private lands for environmental purposes. While it purports to the contrary, the bill would allow these seizures without the permission of landover, landowners for virtually any reason. So, uh, they give you a link if you want to read the details about this nefarious bill and then also urging to contact your two U.S. Senators and urge them to oppose the Senate Bill 3525, the Federal Land Seizure Act of 2012. Uh, so I wanted to post that in there because, you know, this is the type of thing, if there's no public outcry whatsoever, well, they'll just railroad it down our throats. That's how the Illuminati is. If, if they gauge public sentiment by public outcry, and if there's no opposition or public outcry, they know that, you know, the sheeple people have been dumbed down even further, and then they can just implement their uh, malevolent nefarious plans even further. This is why they do that. So the next one is similar. This is a Senate UN treaty vote set. We've just received word that the U.S. Senate will hold a straight up or down vote on Tuesday, December 4th, which is two days from now, on whether or not the United States should ratify the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, or the CRPD. If the two-thirds of the senators vote yes, the United States will ratify this United Nations treaty. I mean, United Nations, we're, we're talking the backbone of the coming one-world government, one-world global, antichrist, false prophet system. So it's the backbone. Okay, so if the two-third senators uh, present vote yes, the United States will ratify the UN treaty, it is wrong for the United States to ratify a United Nations treaty that will give up our sovereignty to unelected, unaccountable UN bureaucrats. So it's, it's wrong for us to be in league with them in any way, shape, or form. We have been told that the pro-CRPD side is waging one of the most aggressive, organized lobbying campaigns ever. So they're taking this very seriously, just like Monsanto was taking that GMO Labeling Act thing very seriously out in California, and they were able to get it railroaded through so that you can't the you, you can't know if there's GMO. And all of these other companies that were in league with them, like Nestle and, and a lot of the other wicked companies that are out there, that are just trying to destroy us, body, soul, and spirit. And they do not want you to know if there's GMOs in your food, genetically modified organisms, which are like frankenfoods. The DNA has been altered. It's, you know, an abomination in the sight of God, essentially. They've totally defiled God's creation. And they want us to eat this stuff. So, it's, it's similar to that, because they're, they're waging one of the most aggressive organized lobbying campaigns ever. The U.S. State Department and Obama administration officials are pressuring individual senators to support CRPD. So, if it's wicked, evil, corrupt, perverse, vile, then Obama's going to have his hand in it. He's going to be for it. That's just the way it is. 
with this guy. Um, please call your two U.S. senators today, and it gives you all the information on how to do that. They even give you a little thing here on what you could say, if you so choose to do that. Uh, let's go to the next report. Foreign Affairs Minister John Baird delivered a diplomatic bolt from the blue on Friday, abruptly and unexpectedly severing ties with Iran, shuttering Canada's embassy there and giving Iran's diplomats in Ottawa five days to get out of the country. Baird rattled off a litany of long-standing grievances with Iran during a hastily organized news conference in Russia, where he and his Prime Minister are participating in a weekend's meeting. And it's about an eight-minute video if you want to watch it. It's pretty good, uh, what he said uh, in this. And they're totally pulling out of Iran, Canada. And the article that I had received, it was World War III imminent, breaking Canada, cuts all ties with Iran, closes embassy, orders diplomats home within five days. So, you know, with the way it is in the Middle East, nothing would really surprise me. We're going to get into that uh, actually next. So... I thought that that was rather, and if you want to watch the video, I'll give you the link to that. It, but it's about eight minutes, and it's just really a little too long for time constraints to play. But it is very good. Next report. Um, shock video, Syrian rebels massacre 10 unarmed prisoners. With the Obama administration preparing to green light direct U.S. intervention in Syria, meaning they're going to help them out, this is another reminder of where American tax dollars will be heading to support gangs of brutal extremist Muslim terrorists. We're going to talk more about that, about our, our tax dollars at work here, helping the, the terrorists. New footage posted on the internet appears to have been filmed by a Syrian rebel who points the camera along the barrel of a gun as he shoots ten unarmed prisoners. All in the name of Allah. The graphic clip shows prisoners lying on the ground, begging for their lives, before they are gunned down. One pleads, I swear to God that we are peaceful, before being slaughtered. It takes a real man to do that, you know? Have a guy on the ground begging for his life, and you just put the bullet right in his, right in his head or wherever. It takes a real man to do that, you know? I, I mean, I can't watch this kind of stuff. I, I, I don't like seeing those, those videos. I just can't. I don't want to see it. I don't want to set it before my eyes. You know, but the the videos up there, I don't recommend you watch it, but, you know, it's pitiful, it's pathetic, it's it's just, I mean, how could these guys be so demon-possessed to the toenails and soulless to do these types of things? And they do it all day long, and they brag about it, and, 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 and they're honored in their society, and, and to the highest levels, when they're martyred, and when they destroy, you know, as many whatever as possible. It's so sickening. It's such a culture of death and evil and perversity. After the massacre, the gunman shouts Allah Akbar, which is basically the same thing they do before they uh, they they shout that before they um believe it, it means God is great, but in this case it's Allah is great is what it actually technically means. It's also what they have to say technically speaking before they um, uh, slaughter halal-certified meat, which you'll see now in a lot of our wonderful eating establishments. They'll, they'll, a lot of times they'll be labeled either on the, 
on the actual label itself. You buy at the grocery store or a lot of the food chains are moving over to halal slaughter so that they can cater to the devil Muslims. What does that mean? It's basically that the meat has been sacrificed to an idol. Allah, in this case. We're not supposed to knowingly eat food sacrificed to idols in the Bible, in the New Testament. If you know, it, basically the Bible says, in the New Testament, if you know that food's been sacrificed to idols, you shouldn't eat that. You know? I mean, there's got to be some curse, spiritual significance thing going on here. Well, that's what they say before they literally slit the cow's throat or cut the chicken's head off. Allah Akbar. It's what they're supposed to say if it's halal certified meat. I've done whole studies on that. Just key in halal, H-A-L-A-L, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Just so many different ways that Satan's trying to destroy us for lack of knowledge. So, yeah, um, and this, the, after the massacre, the gunman shots al-Akbar, Jabet al-Nasara, referring to Nasara, the Nasara front and al-Qaeda offshoot that has claimed responsibility for innumerable suicide bombings in Syria that have killed hundreds of innocent people. But, Let's just totally ignore that like the mainstream media always does. And let's just focus in on how evil Israel is. Because they're doing the same thing. Right? I mean, they're, they're, they're sending out massive amounts of terrorists all over the world to blow up innocent people and kill them and, and have no mercy on them and, and strap on nail bombs and run into Muslim cafes and blow up all the Muslims. They're doing the same thing, right? No. No, they're not. They defend themselves. But even that's been pretty pathetic, if you think about it, with, with, uh, with all the land for peace garbage they've given up, where they can move the rockets in closer. You know, that's what happens when you appease the devil. There's nothing that you could ever do that will ever appease the devil fully. Maybe for a time, but he's not going to let up. If the devil wants you dead, there's nothing you're going to be able to give him that's ever going to satisfy him. And this is why Israel trying to negotiate with Islam is such a farce and such garbage because they are absolutely, totally bent on the destruction, total annihilation of every man, woman, and children in Israel. And that is what the Quran tells them. That's what their un- other unholy writings tell them. And there will be no... That's, it's either that or nothing for Islam. So <laughs> there's no negotiating with that type of mindset. It's like trying to negotiate with a madman. Here's the next report. Hamas. Killing Jews is worship of Allah. Uh, During an eight-day military conflict between Hamas and Israel, Hamas broadcast various ideological messages on its Al-Asqa TV station. Uh, One reoccurring message called for the killing of Jews, which Hamas defined as a religious Islamic act. Now remember that word Hamas, that one of the main terroristic organizations in all of Islam, okay? Remember that, because I'm going to talk to them a little bit later. Now, we're not going to, this is just part of the actual report today. I know I've talked about a lot of this lately, but there's been so much going on in the Middle East, it's almost hard for me not to give you weekly updates on this. Um, so, One of the reoccurring messages called for killing of the Jews, which Hamas defined as a religious Islamic act of worship to Allah. So these sick devils, these demon-possessed to the toenails devils in human form, are going out and saying that the killing of Jews 
is defined as a religious Islamic act of worship to Allah. That's how sick these people are. That's pretty bad. I don't know how much worse it could get than that. Well, it's just what a Satanist would almost say. Like, the killing of a Christian would be a symbolic act of worship to their god, Satan, or Lucifer. Well, now, but typically a Satanist isn't going to come out and say that. They might do it behind closed doors, but they're not going to... No, it's okay, though, for the Muslims, for Islam, to come right out in the open and say... Can you imagine if Israel had issued something like this? Or a Christian organization? It would be front-page news all over the planet. But did you see this on, you know, the nightly news or anywhere else? Nah. No, we'll just bury this because we have to be politically correct and we need to placate and give Islam whatever it wants because, you know, we wouldn't want to be, you know, prejudicial or politically incorrect. It's okay for them to say the killing of Jews is defined as a religious Islamic act of worship to Allah. It's fine. Come on, the Jews can take it. You know... What's really important is that we placate the Muslims and Islam a little more. That's what's really important in life. During one music video, these words were shown on the screen. This is a music video. Quote, killing Jews is worship that draws us close to Allah, end of quote. (laughs) Could you imagine if you were in a religion and your religion required you to kill a certain race of people? In order for you to be close to your devil god? I mean, is that insane? I, I, I just love pointing out the insanity of this black death cult. And it's so obvious, the satanic agenda of why this death cult is so focused in on Israel, Jerusalem, the Israelites, and the Temple Mount. From a biblical perspective, it is so unbelievably obvious what is going on. And I'm going to point out those verses in a little bit. The following are additional lyrics from the video. Quote, O lovers of the trigger. It's kind of an interest. I never heard the lovers of the trigger. Is that Was that Will Robin... Will, uh... Okay, it was Roy Rogers. The old-time cowboy that did the westerns back in, you know, early uh, Hollywood days. He had a horse named Trigger. I wasn't sure if they were referring to Trigger in this actual video, but I I doubt it. I kind of doubt it's the same Trigger. I think it's the Trigger of a gun, actually, in this particular case. So, oh, lovers of the Trigger. Killing the occupiers, which are the Israelis, is worship that Allah made into law. End of quote. Now, this is very important because this is part of Islamic law. This is part of the Quran's commandments. If you're a fundamental Muslim, you're supposed to be a fundamental follower of Islam and its unholy books. A fundamental part of that increasingly is becoming killing the Jews, killing the Israelites is worship that Allah made into law. It's not optional. 
Here's a screenshot of the video. Has this Muslim terrorist with a gun. These are some seriously sick cookies we're dealing with here. But, you know, this won't be reported on news. The only way place you're going to get this type of stuff is alternative media. But the thing is, they don't try to hide it. It's just totally suppressed by mainstream media. Because they're black-hearted devils just like Islam. And birds of a feather flock together. If it's wicked, evil, perverse on this planet right now, the mainstream media is either going to be in total agreement with it or they're going to hide it and act as though it doesn't exist so it can flourish in darkness. Because that's where cockroaches like to hide. In the darkness. Next report. Obama punts to Congress over repercussions for a UN-Palestinian vote. The White House won't seek to punish the Palestinian Authority for this week's statehood vote at the United Nations. Okay, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. And did not vow to veto pending legislation proposals to cut off U.S. aid in retaliation. We should definitely be giving a lot of aid to, to Islam, the Palestinians, you know, all of these places where we've installed now the really radical puppet Muslim dictators like Egypt and Libya and those types of places. We definitely need to be sending a ton of money their way. I mean, why Why not? Why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we reward all the wickedness and evil that they perpetuate on a daily basis toward Israel and the United States? Well, why, why wouldn't we? I mean, what's not to like? You know? So it's saying that, that we're not going to seek to punish them in any way, shape, or form. The UN General Assembly voted 138 to 9 on Thursday to recognize the Palestinian Liberation Organization, the PLO. This is the same one that Yasser Arafat, I believe, started or had a lot to do with. That, I mean, yeah. there's one wicked dude there. They rec- they're recognizing the PLO as a non-member observer state. Over the strident objections of the United States and Israel. Well, one thing I will say that is uh, semi-positive is, is the United States is still against that. But do you realize now that from a technicality standpoint and... You know, the Muslims are going nuts right now over this. They've got, in their eyes, they've got their own state. Granted, it's a non-member observer state, but, you know, if you give the Muslims an inch, they're going to take a mile. And they're going crazy right now saying, we've got our own state, essentially, that the UN has recognized. In response, the Senate is expected to vote next week on legislation placing new restrictions on the $600 million in annual aid to Palestinian Authority. We give these devils $600 million annually, and that's just, that's to the main spot where the rockets are coming to Israel. Day and night. All the time. And have been for years and years and years. We give them $600 million in annual aid. Now, the Senate's expected to vote on legislation placing restrictions on it because 
we supposedly, America didn't want them to try to get this non-member observer state. Well, the Palestinian Authority said, well, we don't care what you say, America. We sure don't care what Israel says. We're going to go try to get it. We don't, you know, even though you're giving us all this money, we're still going to try to get it. And they did. Questions about repercussions are better directed at Congress than at us, State Department spokeswoman Victoria Newland said Friday. She said the State Department is still trying to release, is still trying to release 495 million of impending funds for the fiscal year 2012 that were held up following the Palestinians' failed effort last year to become a full member of the UN. See, they were trying this last year too. They try it every year. And we punished them evidently last year, but we still got the $495 million in pending funds. This is like, okay, Satan, you're doing all this stuff. Ah, we'll go ahead and give you another $600 million. I'm sure you're not going to spend it on the wrong things. I'm sure you're not going to spend it on any more rockets or arming your terrorists or, you know, fortifying your underground areas and, and making more munitions and, and do and I'm sure that will never happen because that's not like it hasn't happened every single time we give these terroristic Islamic states more and more money. It's what the money is primarily going toward. More rockets, bombs, and evil directed at Israel. It's absolute total insanity. Questions about repercussions are better. Uh, I'm sorry, I read that. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, that's that's what where America's at on this. Next report: The time has come for the U.S. and the EU to remove Hamas from the list of designated terrorist organizations. Hamas Prime Minister Hanai said Sunday. Now, let me read the next part. Then he goes on to say, this black-hearted devil, this prime minister of, of Hamas, says, quote, Hamas and the Palestinian groups are national liberation movements that are defending themselves against Israeli aggression on our people. They're, they're never the aggressors. All those thousands and thousands of rockets they fired, all that's a lie. Those are all imaginary. Didn't you know that? Didn't you know the 20,000 terrorist acts? And that's just the ones they've documented since roughly 9-11. 20,000 that have been documented worldwide. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't Islamic terrorism. That was all just our imaginations. How many terroristic attacks? I mean... Israel terrorists going up, blowing up buses, blowing up cafes. How many of those are there? Oh, no, well, they, they, every time they defend themselves, it's a terrorist act. Well, then you sound like a Muslim. Do they have a right to self-defense? I really think a lot of Christians don't think they do because of the emails I get sometimes. Not, not a lot, but sometimes. I really think they, they believe, they're, they're, it's like they're on the side of the Muslims. They don't have a right to self-defense. Those Muslims should just be able to come in there and kill them wholesale. Slaughter every man, woman, and child. Well, that sounds reasonable to me. Because by their stance, that's exactly what they're indicating. Uh, Does America have a right to self-defense? Does Canada have a right to self-defense? 
Every country has a right to self-defense. But, but Israel. They're the only ones. They're the exceptions to the rule. How dare they defend themselves? How dare they initiate surgical strikes? And before they even initiate them, they drop leaflets and send out all types of warning messages to the people in the area that they're going to bomb. So that they can get out of there, out of harm's way. The civilian population. You think Hamas does that? No way. They do the exact opposite. They make sure that they fire from civilian targets their rockets. And they make sure that there's, there's as many women and children in those exact areas so that when Israel does retaliate with a surgical strike that there'll be many, many women and children killed and they do it on purpose and they admit to using them as, quote, human shields. If that's not evil and cowardice and satanic, I don't know what is. Big difference. So this devil has the audacity to say that the time has come for the U.S. and the E.U. to remove Hamas from the list of designated terrorist organizations. Hamas and the Palestinian groups are national liberation movements that are defending themselves against Israeli aggression on our people. Oh, really? Really? Let me remind you of what you just broadcast on TV the other day, and you're doing it every single day, and this is just one tiny sliver of what you're doing on a daily basis. Remember what I just read during the eight-day military conflict between Hamas and Israel? Hamas broadcast various ideological messages on his Al-Aska TV station. One of the reoccurring messages called for the killing of Jews, which Hamas defined as the religious Islamic act of worship of Allah. And, but they, they need to be de-designated now as a terrorist organization. Because obviously they're not. They're peace-loving. They remind me of the hippies from the 60s. You know, peace and joy and, you know, just, you know, all that stuff. They were really against war. <laughs> oh, lovers of the trigger, killing the occupiers, the Israelis, is worship that Allah made into law. Yeah, they need to be de-designated as... Because they're obviously not terrorists. I mean, they're just good people, right? Out of, the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. They can't keep their mouths shut. But when you got the mainstream worldwide media protecting you, demonizing Israel and, and, and making sure that nothing negative is, is rarely said about yourself, well, you, you got a good deal. The hypocrisy of this cult, it's just, it's so far off the scale. Meanwhile, on Sunday, Chairman Mahmoud Abbas promised someday the Palestinian flag would fly over Jerusalem, who he referred to as the eternal capital of the state of Palestine. We're talking some serious that. What's that implying? What's that not so subtly implying? If that were to ever happen, would there be any Jews left? <laughs> not uh, if the Muslims had anything to say about it. Or at bare minimum, they would be driven into caves or driven into the sea, as so many of them have put it. Every man, woman, and child... This is the 
Chairman Mahmoud Abbas saying the Palestinian flag would fly over Jerusalem as the eternal capital of Palestine. Thousands of people greeted Abbas rapturously upon his return from the United Nations, where the General Assembly granted the PLO, representing the Palestinian Authority, upgraded status as a non-member observer state. See, in their eyes, they got their own state now. Remember the whole two-state solution? Abbas said he was also presenting the UN victory to Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails for their legendary sacrifices and steadfastness. That was a quote. Yeah, they're blowing up innocent women and children and, and men in Israel who didn't even see it coming. Yeah, that, that takes a real man. Real man. But hey, got to have that 72 virgins and, and their white-skinned boys in paradise, you know, after they kill themselves. And they're willing to do just about anything to get that. Even though the only thing they're going to find is absolute total burning hellfire for eternity. And then they're going to be thrown in the lake of fire at the great white throne judgment. That's their future. Their legendary sacrifices and steadfastness. <laughs> I'll tell you, if a more hypocritical, sicker religion exists, I don't know what it is. I understand the Catholics really give them a run for their money, but in today's day and age, they're pretty tough to beat, these guys. Abbas boasted that the United Nations vote has both provoked and isolated Israel in the international arena. So they're gloating big time over this. Oh yeah, Israel. You're provoked and you're isolated now. In the international arena. Well, what I have a comment here over all this. It's kind of funny all these demon-possessed Islamic madmen have such a weird satanic lust for Israel, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount. Isn't that funny? I wonder if it has anything to do with God's preoccupation with Israel, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount in the Bible. As I'm sure Satan would never try to counterfeit God's plans, or in this case totally take over and give Israel, Jerusalem, and the Temple Mount to the Muslims, so as to negate the word of God's prediction of a rebuilt temple the Israelites will build, and so many other Bible verses. I'm sure it has nothing to do with that from a satanic standpoint, right? Well, let's see what the Word of God has to say about this particular subject. Matthew twenty four fifteen. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. The holy place. The holy place in the rebuilt temple. It's the only place that could refer to. Okay? Um... Let him that readeth understand, and this is during the tribulation, the midpoint of the tribulation, that this happens when the abomination of desolation occurs. And essentially Satan, the Antichrist, proclaims himself to be God. You see 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Okay, let's just clarify that even a little bit more. So, it says... Well, just just to show you how much this pertains to the day and time that we're going into, just let me start from the start of the chapter. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by our 
by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Now this is when Christ comes back for us, and we're gathered together with him in the sky. Okay, now whether you're, you know, pre-trib, pre-wrath, post, okay, wherever you're at there, this would pertain to that. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come. What day? The day that we are uh, gathered together in the sky with Jesus Christ. That day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. So that day's not going to happen, unless there's a falling away first. Falling away the church, the apostasy. That's where the word, uh, the word that phrase actually originates from. And that and that the man of sin be revealed. That hasn't happened yet. But the falling away is in full swing. And, this is the second part of it. And the man, so even if you're pre-trib, it says the man of sin has to be revealed before that actually happens. So that's something to bear in mind. I'm not going to get into that whole argument. I'm just saying. Something to think about. So, the man of sin and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. When is this accomplished? It's accomplished in Matthew twenty four fifteen. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, this is that act where the wicked, the Antichrist, goes into the temple, into the holy place, and proclaims himself to be God. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. That's what we're talking about here. Okay, so, where's some more verses? Where it says, well, it says spoken of by Daniel the prophet. The abomination of desolation. Where does it say that? Daniel 11.31. And the arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength. And shall take away the daily sacrifice. They're going to rebuild the temple, temple, the sanctuary. And they're going to reinstitute the whole Levitical law system again where they're sacrificing animals. Okay? Uh, Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. He was the perfect lamb, unspotted, unblemished. He is... Uh, when he died and he said it was finished, it was finished. That whole system had been totally done away with. But the Jews are not going to acknowledge that fully until the end of the tribulation. Okay? They're expecting their coming awaited Savior, but the awaited Savior that they're going to get, unfortunately, right now, is going to be the Antichrist. And they're primed for it. I'm going to get into that. Okay? But it fulfills Scripture. It has to happen that way. Okay? Their, their blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentile come in. So this is where, what we're talking about here. So, uh, they po- shall pollute the, sacrifice, the sanctuary of strength and shall take away the daily sacrifice and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Daniel 12.11 And from that time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that maketh desolate set up and that's probably going to be this app, uh, like a the uh, what the revelation talks about uh, some type of uh, statue that they actually animate, reanimate, or something where people are going to come and fall down and worship it um, in the temple. 
There shall be, okay, so from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away and the abomination that make a desolate set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Okay, that's basically three and a half years, which is the second half of the tribulation. This is where the great tribulation starts, at the midpoint of the three and a half, of the seven year tribulation. Okay, and so anyway, going further. So again, what about all this? Satan knows these verses. Satan knows that there's going to be a rebuilt temple, according to the Bible, and all these things. Um, Satan's always trying to throw monkey wrenches into God's plans. That's what Genesis 6 was all about. When the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, they took them wives all that they chose. And in those days, they bore them giants, the Nephilim, the fallen ones. Why? To totally corrupt the seed of mankind, to corrupt the DNA. Jesus Christ didn't come back to save half-fallen angel, half-human Nephilims. He came back for humanity. Not a corrupted, polluted seed line that's not even fully human. The devil knew if he could destroy humanity through that, through his fallen angels procreating with women, that there's no way the rest of the Bible could have been fulfilled. There's no way the Savior could have come through a corrupted bloodline. And he almost pulled it off. But he took, you know, eight people on the ark and they had to start over. So Satan's always trying to do this type of stuff. Well, it seems as though Islam is so bent, and, and therefore, because we know it's satanic, Satan is so bent on anything having to do with taking Israel, more land, Jerusalem, and then the Temple Mount. Pretty much in that order. These things are very, very important to Satan. Okay. Well, what does the Bible say? 1 Kings 9, 1 through 3. Just read this this morning. And it came to pass, when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord, and the king's house. This is when the house of God, the temple, was finally built after all the years that have been in construction. First time that the Ark of the Covenant had ever had a proper resting place built for it. Okay, That the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house, meaning the temple, which thou hast built to put my name there forever. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Does that sound like it's something that, that ended like a week later? God says, I am God. I change it not. I lie not. Well, God said that I put my name there forever on that temple mount and on that temple. I understand it's been destroyed, but on that piece of land. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Does it sound like this is something that God just kind of forgot about? It's a, and Satan knows this. And this is why there's this gigantic, unbelievable focus on Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. Zechariah 12.1 the burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, for Israel, 
saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Aren't they doing that now already, kind of? Pretty much. I mean, when you've got rockets flying at you, and evil people on every side trying to kill you, and a whole religion bent on your destruction, which out, out, I mean, the, the, the lands and the actual populations they're up against. I mean, Muslims represent one-third of the world's population. One-third. Israel is a tiny fraction compared to that. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. Isn't that the way it's working out? It's like the whole world's focused in on this. It's like this is the only thing that matters. I mean, no other place on earth where you've got more highly contested area. Israel, Jerusalem, and particularly the Temple Mount. There's no... There's no other place on earth that could even remotely compare to that. You think it's a coincidence? The Bible says this. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut to pieces. Ooh, that doesn't bode real well for Islam. Ugh, sorry guys, uh, doesn't sound like your end is going to turn out too well. You could say all day long that the Palestinian flag is going to fly over Jerusalem and you're going to take the Temple Mount back and you're going to kill all the Jews and you're going to drive them all into the sea and you're going to, you know, have your big Allah Akbar party there for your moon, devil moon, God Allah. You could say that all day long. But you know what I stand on? The word of God. And you're all liars. And you are going to be cut to pieces. The Bible says, I pray if it be possible, their souls be saved that can be saved. But most of them are going to be cut to pieces. And Jerusalem is a burdensome stone for all people. It's going to be the absolute crux and linchpin most likely for the coming World War III. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut to pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Now, what does that imply? That implies that at some point, America's going to turn against it. I mean, let's face it. It's so unbelievable to me, because you look at the, the vote that just took place in the UN, and you look at all the evil that has come from Gaza and the Palestinian Authority and the PLO and all of the wicked terrorist acts and yet these devils still have the audacity to vote 138 to 9 to recognize these, the UN General Assembly to recognize the Palestinian Liberation Organization as a non-member observer state and to reward them for their wickedness. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil that put sweet for bitter and bitter for sweet and put light for darkness and dark for light this is what we're dealing with here. 
all people of the earth be gathered against it. Though all people of the earth be gathered against it. Jerusalem. It's a matter of time before America eventually turns against it. And then we're really going to get hammered. If you think it's been bad, wait till that happens. Bill Koenig wrote that book. There, there's been several authors that have, that have written, and I've documented over many, many times, all of the natural, typically natural disasters that happens to America when we go against, and we try to, you typically if we're trying to force Israel to either give up more sovereignty, give up more land, give up more of their rights to these terrorists. Bad things, really bad things, always happens to America. I think it's Eye to Eye by Bill Koenig. This is documented over and over and over again. You cannot say it's a coincidence. But, there's going to come a day that all people of the earth be, will be gathered together against it. Now, I understand that, that you can say, well, that's at Armageddon. Okay. But I think that probably before that, you're going to have a transition where you're going to have all the nations. I mean, somebody typically doesn't go to like supporting somebody to attacking them overnight. Typically, there's a transitional period. Okay, so uh, this is what we're dealing with here. Now, let's go further. This is a little video I saw. It's called 15 Seconds in Israel. Well, that's what I... It's, it's, actually, the video is only... It's called 15 Seconds. Uh, but... This video, I'm just going to play it in, um, okay, so, um, it, it basically shows a lady, and she's got a little girl playing outside, they're in Israel, she's got a baby in the crib, alarm goes off, they've got 15 seconds to find shelter before the, uh, um, the bombs go off, typically, um, and it's not enough time to get everyone to safety. Well, she's in, she gets the baby and goes, she has to choose. So she gets the baby and goes down into her bomb shelter and the bomb goes off and it implies that it kills the little girl out in the yard. Which happens, you know, I mean, when you got that many rockets flying at you all the time, some of them are going to hit, obviously, civilian targets. Um, so 50 seconds to find shelter before the exploitation is not enough time to get everyone to safety. I'm reading off the off the video right now. Israel withdrew from the Gaza Strip in 2005, leaving the area under the control of the terroristic Palestinians. Since then, for the last seven years, Hamas in Gaza has fired rockets on the Israeli civilian populations an average of, I think it means 35 times a day. It says three and then comma, so they got their verbiage a little bit wrong. It's either three to five or 35, I don't know. But it's a, it's a lot. How long would you let your family go through this before demanding that your government take action? If they weren't being fired on by the terroristic rockets, Israel would not have to fire on them to take out their rockets. Israel wants peace. I understand the Zionistic Illuminati, which we're going to talk about, doesn't want peace. Okay, I understand that. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and lump all Israelites into that boat. I refuse. Biblically speaking, I refuse to do it. Okay, because God is not done with the Jews, contrary to so many people out there that are like, 
you know, Christian identity or British Israeliism or black Hebrew Israelites or Nazis or Aryans or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people in that particular um, group that would fall into that. So, one comment of the video read, the situation with the Palestinians is not at all comparable since, number one, the IAF is not targeting them. I mean, they're not trying to go out and just indiscriminately target. They're just like, yeah, it would be like if Israel was indiscriminately firing rockets into, like, Gaza. They don't do that. They only do it in retaliation and to take out areas so that more rockets aren't fired from that area toward Israel. It's self-defense. And number two, Israel warns the Palestinians who lives in harm's way. I just documented that last week. How they had warned the people in Gaza. Listen, we're going to be firing on this area. You're, you're firing rockets from this area. We realize there's a large civilian population here that may have nothing to do. But the thing is, is the Muslims that are there, come on, you, you cannot tell me they're not for this. Some of them may not be, but I believe a lot of them are. I mean, it's getting more and more radical, the hatred, okay? So, a lot of them are. Anyway, Israel warns Palestinians who live in harm's way where they should go. What other army takes such pains, sending leaflets, emails, texts, and phone calls in order to avoid civilian suffering? But no matter what they do, it doesn't matter, because anytime anybody dies there, the Muslims are going to say, look, look at what Israel did, oh, they're, they're killers, they're, they're all, you know, and all this garbage, when they're the ones that have provoked it, they're the ones that made sure there were civilians in those targets that were fired on. And they did it all on purpose because they're cowardly, black-hearted devils. So, anyway, um, that's that particular little, little clip there. Okay, now... This term Zionism and Zionist are thrown around a lot. Oh, they're a Zionist. You know, this and that. Okay, well, let's, let's define those terms. Um, because I think it's very, very important to define those terms properly in order to um, talk about this subject in a logical manner. Now, this next section, I'm going to go ahead and just end part one here, and we're going to go to part two so I can just concentrate on this for the next part, and we'll go from there. So God bless you. See you in part two. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, number 202, 3rd Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.